We are outdoor ladies who hunt, shoot, and fish, all while working in conservation and chasing kids. I am Julia Plugge with the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission. I'm Rachel Alice with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. I am Megan Weiskup with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. And I'm Tana Fancher with the Kansas Department of Wildlife, Parks, and Tourism. Follow us on our outdoor adventures. Welcome back to She Goes Outdoors. Soon will be fall hunting season. A lot to do, though, before the hunting season gets here, today's topic of conversation will help you prepare for those months to come of hunting. So today I, I have with me Jeff Rawlinson. Jeff has actually been on the show before, but I'm going to have him reintroduce himself because it has been a while since he's been on. So welcome, Jeff. If you introduce yourself and we will jump into the conversation, the topic today. Absolutely. And thanks for having me. Jeff Rawlinson, Assistant Administrator for our Communications Division here at Nebraska Human Parks. And uh, my team oversees our hunter education, hunter outreach, shooting sports, shooting range programs, and uh, our three, you know, hunter and shooting sports recruitment, retention, and reactivation efforts here in the great state of Nebraska. And that was probably a mild, that was a minimal introduction of himself. I think he could go on and on. I noticed you walked away for a little bit, like as if you thought it'd be five or six minutes. I did. I put myself on mute thinking, well, <laughs> well I might as well grab my phone because this is going to be a while. <laughs> we threatened me earlier, so I'm just trying to keep it really short and sweet so that, you know, we don't go over. Anyone that knows Jeff and knows Jeff well, or even knows Jeff a little bit, that <laughs> they would have expected me to go on mute for and grab my phone too. So it's okay. It's okay, Jeff. Do you want to, you can continue on or more if you want to talk about yourself. That's me. That's, that's me. Okay. Well, Jeff is passion is in shooting sports, and that's why I've brought him to the the microphone today. And with August coming around the corner, it seems fitting that we would have this conversation with him. You know, in this August is the fifth annual National Shooting Sports Month celebration. The initiative was coined by one of the great partners, NSSF, National Firearm Industry Trade Association. Jeff, August just has to be one of your favorite months. Tell us about this campaign, the National Shooting Sports Month celebration. Sure. Well, the, the National Shooting Sports Foundation has put this together to be a, a, a big celebration of just that. You said at the shooting sports in the month of August. Uh, of course, the shooting sports are, are, are really heavy throughout most of the summer. And so it's almost kind of like the culmination toward the end of the summer here. But to celebrate shooting ranges across the, uh, the country, shooting sports activities, the many people, men, men, women, boys and girls who take part in the shooting sports, families. It's just such a time-honored tradition and growing uh, across the United States in many ways. And so it's a good time to honor uh, the ranges, the people who uh, coordinate shooting sports activities and all the people who take part in them. And of course, it's an encouragement to get out and enjoy the shooting sports in the month of August. And if you haven't done so throughout the summer, uh, now is the August is a great time uh, to get out and do just that with family and friends. And the shooting sports industry is experiencing unprecedented growth. Men and women are out shooting both firearms and archery. I'm hoping that we can talk a little bit even about archery and just not the firearms as part of this conversation. 
And in fact, I must brag a little, women have been the fastest growing population segment in this particular sport. Jeff, you're a you're a data nerd. You love data. What are the statistics telling us? You know, what is this trend all about? What brag on this female girl? <laughs> well, it, you know, women are having a, a playing a big role in this trend. And I'll get to that because this is really cool. And what we're seeing here in the United States is just phenomenal when it comes to the shooting sports. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons and I'll discuss those. But you said archery. You wanted to touch on archery. Archery's had phenomenal growth. Uh, in 2002, I think we were at around, you know, I'm, I'm trying to remember here, but I think around 7 million. And, and today we're at 23 million archers. That's phenomenal growth uh, over the past you know, many years. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And I'll get to that. You know, the firearms uh, shooting sports uh, industry and growth has also been phenomenal. Let's look at last year as an example. And I've been touting this on radio and, and TV and whatnot, because this is to me uh, a, a big indicator of, uh, of where, we're, where we're heading. Last year in 2020, uh, we saw probably the, the most significant rise in the purchase of firearms the United States has ever seen. And we went up about uh, nine and a half, 10 million. Uh, and that was about a 25%, uh, 26% increase uh, from, from the, the previous year. We're looking at about 40 million uh, purchases last year. And when you look at that, that's phenomenal. But when you look at the breakdown of who is making those purchases, a lot of those, uh, those are females. And many of those, many of those, a large significant, about half were a, a first time purchase. And so, and 9 million of those, about 40 million first time purchases. So that's just huge uh, in the shooting sports industry because there's a lot of new potential uh, shooting sports participants uh, and, and folks out there that are going to be joining the fray. Now, when you look at the growth in archery, you look at the growth in firearm, very divergent, I think, in why that growth is occurring. In the archery world, uh, there's been some major phenomenal things that have happened over the last uh, you know, 15 years or so. Certainly, the movie industry had a huge uh, impact. When Katniss flung the first arrow, that had a huge impact, especially on young girls across the United States. And we saw growth from that. Of course, we had the Olympics coming on during the Hunger Games movies. And uh, for the first time in history, the Olympics were promoted, both uh, social media uh, and TV and, and whatnot. And there were a lot more people paying attention to the Olympic archery team. But probably one of the largest impacts of all has been a, a little well-known program called the National Archery in the Schools Program. And since the program started in 2002, completely trends what we saw in that growth from 7 million to 23 million archers now that we have roughly 1.3, 1.4 million kids a year going through an archery program, archery cur curriculum in their school PE class, that's pretty darn cool. And when you see that that program uh, is split 50-50, male and female, uh, you start to see a huge jump in uh, young girls getting involved in, the, in archery. Uh, and the same for the trend in, in the firearm uh, industry. A lot, of, a lot of women bought firearms last year and, and for the first time and have been buying for the last 15 or so years at a much higher rate. But that's a different story. It's not necessarily programmatic, although there have been programs, a lot of programs that are responsible for that trend. Uh, probably one of the biggest factors is political unrest uh, within, the, within the country as well. You had COVID, you had political unrest, uh, and just a number of things that caused concern. And, and that probably drove a lot of sales, especially handgun sales throughout 2020 and now still into 2021. Now that they make these purchases, they get a taste of it. We want them to continue, you know, even though they've purchased this firearm or they've purchased the archery equipment, they need somewhere to go. They need someone to teach them. And that's why we have these this program, but that fact of they need somewhere to go to test it out, to try it, somebody to assist with setting up that equipment. 
And it kind of leads me into I'm a big fan of the movie Field of Dreams. And if you're not familiar with it, it's that if you build it, they will come. There's a farm on there, too. So I'm sure that's one of the things that really appeals to you. Yeah, it's maybe it's the cornfield in the back. I don't know. But it's it's a theory of if you build it, they will come. And Jeff has that mentality of you build the shooting range, they will come because they need somewhere to go. Uh, And that is just what we're doing in Nebraska. And Jeff has spent countless hours building ranges across the entire state to fulfill that need for target ranges, both indoor and outdoor. In fact, you know, we're recording this podcast from our offices in a remarkable indoor shooting range here in Lincoln, Nebraska. So, you know, Additionally, he has supported national teams in development of ranges across many other states. Uh, and so this is being heard nationwide. And so we, we want to put a shout out for that and just not the ranges in Nebraska. Um, even though we want them, if we build those ranges in Nebraska, those people will come across the state. You know, so what is what is behind your motivation of, of building these ranges? Well, you know, that's actually a good question because I don't think we do anything well unless we have some personal passion uh, involved in it. And, uh, and, I, and I certainly do. And I, I, I think there's a lot of folks like me across the country that have uh, also shown quite a bit of personal passion. You look at Nebraska, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Ohio, Minnesota, uh, just some major, major range development that has gone on over the years, last several years. And when you look back, it's like, well, yeah, they've got some pretty passionate people that are helping to lead the charge. And we work together in a lot of ways, uh, consult with each other, talk to each other, uh, discuss uh, ideas and opportunities and meetings. And so, uh, yeah, there's certainly a lot of passion behind it. You know, I remember back to my my days as a, as a young kid here in Nebraska. And, uh, you know, one of the things that my dad and I shared is that, uh, you know, he would take me out to the farm. We would go shooting. And I never really had a range, uh, but we'd set up a makeshift range uh, on the farm, my uncle's farm, and we'd go shooting and we just had a ton of fun. And, and I remember that it was a way I connected with my dad that my brothers did not, that were, didn't have that connection that I had. And it was a connection that you, I didn't have any other uh, at any other time. But when we went out to the range to shoot, we had a blast. And it was like, it was almost like two kids out there. We just had a blast. Uh, pardon the pun. So, that, you know, that kind of involves a passion, I think, in anybody when you have a parent you connect with and something like that. But uh, over the years, I had a lot of shooting fun. It's just, it's one of the things I do. I'm a, I'm a lifelong hunter and, and hunting is probably helps define me more than anything. And shooting sports, I, I think are right there uh, as well. And so I have that opportunity in Nebraska to develop ranges, to give uh, families, young kids, young adults, that opportunity to engage in the shooting sports. Oh yeah, that's a huge motivating factor, Julia. There's no question about that. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to do that and blessed to have so many other people in the Midwest Uh, in different states that have that same passion that we get to work together and talk and so forth. You know, in Nebraska, of course, you know, you and I both, Julia, we work for a state fish and wildlife agency. You know, of course, people might ask, well, why is a state fish and wildlife agency so involved in the shooting range uh, business? And uh, it's quite simple. And there's a couple of reasons. Number one, it's good family fun outdoor recreation. And we support that in a lot of areas, venues across the state, our parks, creation areas and uh, wildlife areas and so forth. So uh, that's a major driver. But it also has a lot to do with uh, our model of conservation here in the United States. Our model is second to none in the world. Uh, It has been the most successful model of conservation the world has ever known. And one of the drivers of that model is funding. You can't do great work uh, that our biologists do, that our our parks people do, our our, our law enforcement people do, our communicators, our educators without funding. And uh, when it comes to fish and wildlife conservation, the predominant source of funding is funding that comes from the, uh, through the Fish and Wildlife Service, 
uh, from the uh, Pittman-Robertson Act of 1937 provides the, the major source of funding for fish and wildlife conservation, and that is anytime a person buys a firearm or ammunition, archery tackle now, fishing tackle, 10% of that sale goes back to the Fish and Wildlife Service and distributed back to the states to do wildlife conservation in their states. And so that's a driving force. And today, well over 50% of the funding coming into those federal funds to the Fish and Wildlife Service is coming from the shooting sports side of the equation. And so there's just a much bigger audience continuing to grow there that uh, is all but demanding more support in that arena. And so state fish and wildlife agencies, we're tied at the hip and, uh, and we're providing more of that recreational opportunity and recreational support. And so you're seeing a lot more facilities being built across the country uh, as that support becomes greater, that group, the shooting sports group becomes uh, a larger group uh, and, and uh, continues to be a major contributing factor to fish and wildlife conservation. In addition to that, you know, we're training instructors to provide the support at these shooting ranges so that you don't feel like you're just going to these shooting ranges and you're completely on your own. You know, we're training instructors. We have volunteers that are there to to support you and help you grow. And that's one of our niches. You know, there's a there's a number of ranges across the state. They all have their niche. You know, the ones that we that we've been working on here as of late, the last uh, seven or eight years, uh, have been providing that introductory shooting sports opportunities. So we have a number of different heritage type parks, and we'll talk about those in a little bit in the show here. But a number of facilities that are designed. We've trained instructors. We have a really good, safe. Uh, and fun and engaging family type facilities. And uh, they're appealing to a whole new audience in the shooting sports uh, and the types of programs that these facilities are uh, putting out are also engaging in an entirely new audience in the shooting sports. I think our listeners at this point are just dying to hear more about that. We've given this broad image of what we're doing, but now let's tell them where they're at. What do they all have to offer? So let's start with the range that literally we are, we're sitting in the structure of the building right now, the Outdoor Education Center in Lincoln, Nebraska. I remember being kind of part of the team on this dream, Jeff's dream and uh, passion to get this built. And here we are, they're knocking down the doors to be able to get into these shooting ranges and use them. Tell us about this. Where did it start and what has it become today? And I will share this with your listeners because uh, you're right. I had a passion for this facility. It took several years in the making uh, uh, politics, budgets and all that to get it started, to get it going, to bring partners on board. And I'll never forget, I was, we, we were about mid-construction and I had to bring my team out to show them where their offices would be. And, and Julia, I was so excited for you to see this facility. And I brought you out to the facility one day. And uh, as we walked in the entrance, there was a little puddle on the ground. And your first words, I'll never forget, it's got a leaky roof. And uh, <laughs> after that, and so I, it was tough. It was really tough to move forward, but but we did, thankfully. And uh, we, <laughs> we you don't uh, want a leaky roof in a shooting range. Come uh, on, way to point out the, the obvious. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's a phenomenal facility. You know, I wish we'd had something like this when I was a kid growing up because this is the type of facility, and we've made we've stayed true to our design. Uh, that you know, you know, families, kids bring their ride their bikes out. Families come out here, and whether you're a novice and you've never done these shooting sports activities before, or you just need a place to go out and recreate with your own equipment, uh, this is the facility for you. And uh, we have indoor archery range, indoor firearm range, outdoor archery target range, outdoor archery field course. Uh, we're we're adding on more. We're looking at an outdoor classroom here over the next uh, six months, and that should be done. I'm hopeful, but before the end of the year. Uh, we have all kinds of opportunities for, we do camps, we do programs for families and kids. 
Uh, we do programs for like first shots, introductory to shooting sports. Uh, we had concealed carry classes out here. Uh, just a, just a, an array of shooting sports opportunities. First shots, rifle, uh, first explore rifle, explore, explore hunting, learn to hunt programs. I mean, and, and just a myriad of archery programs out here from uh, JOAD, Junior Olympic Archery Development, to uh, explore archery, explore bow hunting, and uh, the list goes on. Tournaments, leagues, it has just become a really community, shooting sports community uh, type facility here in Lincoln. Couldn't be more proud of it. Right now, as we speak, there's a group of uh, kids from a, a Bright Lights organization out here doing all kinds of activities on the 3D course, outdoor 3D course, and a uh, Lincoln Public Schools summer program out here. Kids are out here uh, doing some outdoor cooking activities on our big outdoor cooking fire pit. Couldn't be more proud of where we're at and where we're heading. Tons of opportunities for the future. Now, as we move out of Lincoln, uh, more incredible and phenomenal facilities. And I know you wanted to talk about some of those at our parks, Julia, because I think those are also a, a new trend uh, in uh, Nebraska for shooting sports. And, and that is, of all the ranges that are out there, you look at like in Lincoln here, uh, that started with a discussion with the city of Lincoln, major partner in this, uh, the uh, Archery Trade Association and Easton Foundation, uh, makes, who makes Easton Arrows. They were involved in this as well as a number of organizations, National Rifle Association Foundation, uh, and, and just a number of groups that uh, over the years have been involved. But we had a vision for this city park here at Busalis uh, in North Lincoln, that this facility could become a really cool, usable, public facility. Grand opening, even Helen Busalis herself uh, was out here to open the facility, the, the outdoor archery range when we broke ground, because it was a big deal, certainly her namesake on the park, believing in, buying into the idea that we could get thousands of kids and families and camps and whatnot out here. And, uh, and we've held true to that. It's grown since then, but uh, it, it takes partnerships to build some of these things. It takes a lot of interested folks who can see the vision for what can happen two, three, 10, 15 years down the road uh, when you're looking at a, a, a bare plot of ground and uh, trying to decide uh, what can be done. So a really neat facility. And we've had that same type of cooperation in our park system. And kind of just jumping back on the programming that we offer, you know, with this being a podcast on She Goes Outdoors, we offer a lot of female-focused programs with our Becoming Outdoor Woman program. We've done some lunch and learn. So ladies are jumping over during their lunch hour. They're doing about 45 minutes of archery, and then they go back to work or in the evenings type programs. And we have really worked a lot with uh, the scheduling and so that we can get moms out here even to bring out the entire family or themselves like honestly I mean I love dropping my kid off at camp but then I come back myself at another time and so we are very flexible in in meeting that demand again kind of goes back to that if you build it they will come we are going to uh, jump into the park systems as Jeff has mentioned And one of my favorites is we're going to jump closer to Omaha to the Roger Sykes Outdoor Heritage Complex at Platte River State Park. Tell us about this park. And again, I remember when this one was being built and a lot of motivation behind it, empowerment, desire 
to build this park for multiple reasons. Exactly right. Uh, and this was our first effort in what we call our heritage parks. And I remember uh, meetings where we were putting together some thoughts and ideas of, of some of these very introductory shooting sports type facilities that are, that are designed specifically for learning. A lot of this came from our director to shared this vision, if not helped lead this vision of these introductory type facilities uh, and an incredible amount of support from our, our parks director uh, here in Nebraska, our uh, parks division administrator who saw this vision as something that uh, could, could be done in, in state parks across Nebraska and actually has designed his staff to be more uh, supportive and, and certainly more uh, capable of helping to support these types of, of elements as well. So a huge transformation across Nebraska uh, in our park system. And uh, Roger Sykes uh, Heritage Park uh, was just that. Uh, there at Platte River State Park, we were able to put together an, in, an outdoor facility of outdoor, a small bore range, outdoor archery range, uh, a five stand and uh, trap range, and indoor shooting gallery, air gun shooting gallery. It's just a, a phenomenal opportunity for all these park goers. And I remember some of the meetings we had early on that we have, you know, millions of park goers uh, coming through Nebraska and we provide all kinds of recreation this is something we really wanted to provide them. And so it's it worked it's worked out very well. You don't go out to Plyler State Park on any given day throughout the summer months and not see families, grandparents with the grandkids, moms and dads with kids out there on those ranges, flinging arrows, shooting 22s, breaking clays. Uh, what a cool thing to be able to do uh, growing up here in Nebraska when you take your, your state park adventure to a facility like Platte River State Park. So pretty neat area. They do a ton of programs out of there as well. Christy Christensen is our educator that uh, works out of that park, and uh, she has all kinds of programs, as you mentioned, Julia, programs for engaging uh, you know, women, uh, programs for families, youth. Phenomenal job at putting together a lot of out-of-the-box type programs that are appealing to a large variety of people. And if you're not familiar where uh, this park is, it's Platte River State Park. It's a short distance um, in between Omaha and Lincoln, just a quick jaunt uh, on the interstate. But I do want to make a point that I, I didn't catch any uh, leaky roofs there. So I just want to make that no leaky roofs there. Oh, I have a memory, very clear memory of I was pregnant with my second kiddo and very pregnant with my second kiddo. And we were camping out at Platte River State Park with, and I had my first kiddo and he's only two. And I have a really cool picture of me trying to help him shoot um, a bow and arrow out there. And maybe that, that might've been his first time shooting archery. And ever since then, he has loved the passion of archery and, and firearms. So it, it's for all ages out there and for families. I want to point that out. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, that is their forte is families and, and uh, shooters of all ages. Let's jump clear onto the other side of the state. And we have mentioned this park multiple times on our podcasts and Wildcat Hills. Amanda Philippi shared and talked with us about their, their complex there at Wildcat Hills um, in detail when we had a whole episode about this park. But I want to talk a little bit more about it with Jeff as, again, you were on part of building this uh, and the passion behind building this park. So, you know, tell us what they can find out at Wildcat Hills. And, and if you haven't heard that episode or familiar with where this park's at, it's I mean, eight hours away from here in Lincoln, it's clear on the other side of the state. So we're providing these opportunities from corner to corner near Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. So tell us about this park. 
Well, Wildcat Hills is just one of the most gorgeous places in Nebraska. Of course, it's the uh, kind of the southwestern uh, edge of the escarpment, the Pine Ridge in that region of the state. Of course, we've got the newly remodeled Nature Center up there, and that in itself is worth a drive, an incredibly, incredibly well done and interpretive center and nature nature center there. Uh, and at the same time, we had a vision for, again, another heritage-type park, shooting park, uh, in that part of the state. And uh, this was a location that just was a no-brainer for us. We had what we called an old buffalo pasture back in the days when we had, might have had bison in that pasture. And uh, that pasture was uh, available. It had a lot of opportunity right off the highway there. We, we came in in a different model of Heritage Park here. Now we kind of went with the same overall design you know, an outdoor uh, small bore range, uh, an outdoor five stand and trap range, archery range, and indoor shooting gallery. And that indoor shooting gallery is one of the key elements of our heritage parks because it provides our youngest shooters an opportunity to engage in the shooting sports in a really fun atmosphere. These are mechanized metal metallic uh, galleries. They're about 20 foot wide by three feet deep about eight foot tall. They're huge. And you got targets that go bang and clang and zip and zing. And I mean, they just kids love shooting. Big kids love shooting them too, by the way. Uh, but it's a ton of fun. And then of course, the, the difference here at Wildcat Hills is we really had a, a large group of folks who wanted some other shooting opportunity besides the introductory type programming. And so we also built a handgun range into the outdoor range, 100 yard rifle sight in range. And so giving people a little more opportunity for uh, advanced shooting sports, if you will. And that's worked out very well for us. In fact, Wildcat Hill staff will tell you that's a phenomenal amount of the people who come out to shoot, bringing their own firearms, coming out there and just recreate. I think in Nebraska, sometimes there's just this misunderstanding that, oh, geez, once you get west, of, of Highway 281, there's plenty of places to shoot and people have more opportunities to shoot. And that's simply not the case. People need places to shoot all over the state of Nebraska. And so uh, this was another example of providing that while staying true to our model uh, in our park system. And that it was that heritage educational type model. There's quite a bit of differences in the, the design when you design a, a park for a shooting park for education programming versus just standard public recreation. And so uh, we're really proud of that. It's taken off. It's been uh, uh, had phenomenal acceptance in the community and uh, it, it continues to grow. They've made some modifications now to their five stand out there. That's just a lot of fun. And, uh, and people are using that park, uh, that shooting park pretty much daily, finding a lot of success there. Now, as you go up to the Northeast, of course, we got Plonka State Park. They've, they have done a phenomenal job of developing uh, educational shooting opportunities up there as well, heritage park type concept. But it's a little different because Ponca State Park has some unique features, uh, natural features. So that park is laid out, the Eric Wiebe Shooting Sports Complex, uh, named after Conservation Officer Eric Wiebe, who was a very prominent member of that community there in the Ponca area. Just a wonderful guy, passion. He had a lot to do with getting this facility off the ground and, and developed over the last uh, uh, 10 years or, or so and, and did a phenomenal job. That's nestled back in the ravines and the trees, and it's just a gorgeous, uh, I don't think there's a spot of sun hardly in any of it in the summertime. It's just a shady, beautiful shaded area. Uh, and it goes on for, for quite a ways with different shooting sports opportunities, rimfire, muzzleloader, archery, um, shotguns, uh, sporting clays. It's just, it's really cool. And so uh, they do a phenomenal job there as well. Of course, we have a number of other ranges. This year was a pretty good year for us. We in 2020 and 2021 spent a significant amount of time in developing some new uh, additional shooting sports facilities here in Nebraska. And I want to step back to Ponca. If you want to experience 
each one of their ranges, the best time to do that is during uh, the Missouri River Outdoor Expo. That will be September 18th and 19th. They have all the ranges open that in instructors and volunteers that will be there. We provide the equipment and that is an amazing time to get out on that Eric Weeby range and, and check it out. So I just wanted to put that little plug in there as we are again, getting close to the fall months. Well, and you have a big role in that, uh, the Ponca Expo as well, because you, Julia Plugi, our educator extraordinaire, coordinates the outdoor discovery program, the scholastic portion of the uh, Ponca Expo, uh, and, and do a phenomenal job, by the way. Of course, across the state, you, you bring shooting sports and conservation education to thousands of, of school kids every year through uh, those programs, one of those being at Ponca as well. So hats off. It's, it's a lot of fun excited to have that opportunity. Before we uh, spoke about the expo, you kind of put a little small plug into our most recent ranges and just had the grand opening for a range at Shadron State Park. Unfortunately, I haven't had the chance to to get up there. Jeff makes me stay in the office. He wouldn't even let me go check out the range. So you got to give a give a picture. I mean, this is the podcast. Tell us about it. The Shadron, so many of our parks have just so many unique features. Uh, you know, we're celebrating 100 years of our Nebraska State Parks this year, Shadron being the first one in 1921. And uh, it was a proud moment for all of us in the in the game of parks that day when we had our grand opening out there. That team out there, like all the other parks teams, are just a phenomenal group of folks, well well embedded in the community, and they they wanted to provide some really cool things to the community. And this new shooting sports facility is designed for uh, our novice shooters and maybe some of our younger shooters as well. Uh, and what we were able to put together is a community type facility. As you come into the park, of course, you've got the, the pine ridge, the escarpments around the park and the, the trees, the pines are just, you know, the Ponderosa, absolutely gorgeous uh, backdrop. As you come in the park, you'll, you can, you've got the lake to your right. And as you turn left to go into the park, uh, you'll come to a little community type area that has a brand new outdoor playground type facility, uh, really cool uh, playground for kids to climb on and whatnot. And just behind that is, is our new shooting sports complex. And it's an indoor facility and, uh, and it has the indoor shooting gallery, the air gun shooting gallery and an indoor 3D archery range. And it is really cool. In fact, the company that builds those shooting galleries for us said that this is their biggest and their coolest uh, indoor shooting gallery to date. And they, they let me take some liberties in helping to design it. And I did not screw it up. It has a Pine Ridge design. And so you've got Pine Ridge animals and trees and, and the escarpments and the, sand, the sandstone escarpments. And uh, it's, it's just really cool. And the targets that are moving and clanging and banging and whizzing. And it's just a lot of fun. I was able to shoot it uh, when we were there uh, after, before the uh, opening just to test everything out. And uh, oh man, what, a lot of fun. The staff did a, an incredibly great job of setting up the 3D archery range just on the other side of the building. And uh, you can shoot mule deer, white-tailed deer, small critters, turkeys. And uh, of course there's trees and twigs and grass and leaves and everything else to make it look like an outdoor, really cool outdoor setting, uh, Pine Ridge outdoor setting, if you will. So uh, pretty cool little, little area there. And so, and I'm gonna give you an idea how big, how well the community uh, has embraced that uh, new facility. I left them with three cases of pellets uh, <laughs> in that pellet gun range. That's about two thirds of what we go through at the state fair every year. In that opening weekend, they just about ran out of pellets. They called me up saying, we need more pellets to keep going. Thousands of pellets being shot down range. Uh, and a lot of, they said probably 90% of it for kids coming out to shoot, but park goers have embraced it. Pretty cool facility. You mentioned the state fair, like we have a similar 
shooting range that will be open during our state fair. I want to say going through the last weekend of August through Labor Day that listeners can come check that out at the state fair too. Absolutely. In fact, very similar operation, the indoor air gun shooting gallery and then indoor 3D archery range. That is a Niobrara River Valley scene at the state fair. Probably one of the coolest indoor uh, facilities we've built to date. And it's just a ton of fun and receives thousands and thousands of, of shooters now. It's a great first time uh, or for families to come out and settle some bets and have a little fun and yeah, a little family competition between spouses, between families. Uh, we've had a lot of kids leave the state fair, losing a bet on the air gun range, have to clean their room. Yeah. And, uh, or a lot of parents <laughs> have to buy ice cream. Uh, so, uh, you know, we bring families together wherever we're at, we're bringing families together. So, yep, another cool facility for sure. Okay, so deer archery season is just around the corner. You know, that means it's time to tune in and sight in those bows. Uh, you know, the archers are starting to jump on, dialing in uh, for the deer season in mind. To me, an outdoor range would be the probably the best atmosphere to, to prepare myself for that season. We're in Nebraska can our um, archers or you know both novice and experienced go to to dial in for the deer season that's coming up well and that's a that's a good really good question we've got a lot of facilities across the state building quite a few new ones here as of late you know to visit all of our any of our facilities you can go to outdoornebraska.gov slash shooting sports facilities and that's outdoornebraska.gov slash shooting sports facilities and, uh, and that lists all of our facilities to date, where they're located and uh, what they offer. But we've really kicked it up a notch over the last several years when it comes to archery ranges as well. Uh, this year alone, we had just unveiled three years. Last year, we unveiled three new archery ranges here in Nebraska. And uh, archery is just, an, as we said earlier, incredibly fun sport, continues to grow. Ranges play a big role in that growth. And when people go out and buy archery equipment, as they have in droves over the last 10 years, they need places to do that. And outdoor archery ranges just provide a ton of support. Uh, they're fairly simple from a range uh, engineering standpoint. They're fairly simple to build. And so they give us a lot of opportunity. Recently, we unveiled a new uh, archery range at Windmill State Recreation Area uh, there in uh, central Nebraska. Just go straight north of there, uh, a little bit north of there to the Sherman Reservoir. A new archery range was just unveiled there last year as well. And uh, Harlan County Reservoir, just across from the uh, the Corps of, Corps of Engineers building, the west of the Corps of Engineers building, we have a new archery range there as well that just opened up. And so, oh, and well, and Milford, we, we just opened up a new range last year in the uh, town of Milford, Nebraska, in a partnership with the town of Milford, Nebraska, in a beautiful park-like setting, actually one of the cutest archery ranges I've seen. It just, they did a really cool job down there. So uh, a lot of new archery ranges, and of course, we've got them all across the state, uh, whether you are uh, you know, in eastern Nebraska, of course, you're Lincoln, the Outdoor Education Center, Omaha, uh, Lake Cunningham, the Golden Arrow Archery Range, as you go to Gretna, the Larry Elston Archery Range, and, and then ahead west, uh, we've got archery ranges all across the state in places like uh, Long Pine, Nebraska, uh, you know, the uh, Kearney City Parks and Rec. We built ranges in the Kearney City Parks on the northwest uh, and, and throughout the state. So our, our goal is to continue to have archery ranges close to communities 
uh, because archer ranges and communities just go together hand in hand. And, and that's what we've been able to do. Most of these are about five or six station ranges. They have five or six targets from 10 to 50 or 10 to 60 yards. Uh, they have a shooting line, bow hangers, uh, benches to sit on, shade, uh, and just a, a great backdrop. Uh, usually the, one of the more scenic backdrops in the state uh, for you to go out and recreate and have a little archery fun. So uh, take advantage of those uh, and you're going to have a ton of fun. In fact, uh, we just unveiled, I, and I almost forgot, we also unveiled a new one at uh, Buffalo Bill State Recreation Area last year, just uh, uh, west of the campground there at Buffalo Bill. So we've been busy uh, in 2020 and 2021 uh, getting archer ranges, more archer ranges out to, uh, to the citizens of Nebraska. And the, the, the resounding support for that has been phenomenal. Communities like archery ranges, our archers love archery ranges, and uh, the new growth in archery is being supported as well now. So we spent a lot of time, the excitement of the ranges here in Nebraska. You know, you participate and assist nationally, even more so even maybe in the Midwest on ranges. We have a lot of uh, listeners that are listening from other states other than Nebraska, what other ranges, or can you tell us what the efforts and maybe some focal points on Iowa, Kansas, uh, and some other states of which have ranges as well? Yeah, you know, in the Midwest, there's been quite a bit of effort over the last, uh, you know, five, 10 years when it comes to ranges, uh, especially archer ranges. You know, as I said earlier, Iowa has been heavily involved in building new facilities. Missouri has been uh, one of the leaders across the country in building new facilities. Kansas, uh, Ohio, I just built a, a new multi-million dollar outdoor uh, complex in Ohio. Uh, they've been uh, doing very well. Arizona has been involved uh, quite heavily in, in the range business over the last uh, 20, 30 years. In fact, one of the largest uh, shooting complexes in the world is the Ben Avery shooting complex uh, there in Arizona, uh, where you have distances out to, you know, I think thousand yards. I mean, they just have some phenomenal uh, complexes there as well. So, uh, you know, the, 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 Fish and wildlife community is heavily in tune with the idea that our uh, of our major many many uh, uh, constituents shooting sports enthusiasts are a big part of those uh, constituents and like I said earlier you follow the funding the funding is incredible uh, from the shooting sports uh, industry and it's uh, been responsible for wildlife uh, conservation successes all around all around the, the, the country so we're really really happy about that. Uh, one of the things we've been working on that you know may not sound big but it's huge uh, in our world uh, is our federal funding at the national level because usually when we use federal funding that's the funding that when you buy a firearm you buy ammunition you buy archery tackle fishing tackle 10% of that sale as I said earlier goes back to your fish and wildlife service comes back to the states for conservation efforts. That's everything from education efforts, shooting range development, and uh, on the ground conservation for fish and wildlife uh, efforts. And uh, that's always been a 75-25 type grant. So meaning if the state wants to build a project, say a shooting range, uh, and it's gonna cost a million dollars, the state has to find $250,000 uh, and then the Fed federal money will pay the 750,000 for the project. Uh, when you're building ranges, that can get pretty pricey. You can you can leave a lot of money on the table because uh, ranges aren't cheap. And uh, we've recently been able to make changes to our federal aid structure so that now that's 90-10. Uh, and that's going to be phenomenal for state fish and wildlife agencies because now on that million dollar range, we only have to come up with $100,000 uh, and then federal aid will, be, will take care of the other $900,000. And so that's going to make it a lot easier, a lot more palatable. 
uh, to build ranges uh, all across the country, especially when you take into account that building a range is only half the battle. Then you've got the operations and maintenance and upkeep of the range uh, that uh, actually ends up costing more than the uh, cost of the range itself to build. And so, you know, those are the things the states, you know, have to worry about. So any help we can get, not only from the uh, our Fish and Wildlife funding, uh, but also from partners uh, is, is incredibly important. Uh, on a range project today in Nebraska, if a partner donates um, $10,000, uh, we can build a $100,000 range. If they donate $100,000, we can build a million dollar range. And so that's the power of partnership and the power of expanding those funds uh, across the, the, the various funding structures that we have. So uh, I expect incredibly good things to happen over the next several years. In fact, in Nebraska, we're now looking at a shooting range coordinator position because uh, as you can see, after all the projects I just listed from last year, uh, that's, that's, that's part of my part-time gig, I think. And so there's a lot of things going on. And I think we're, we're to the point where we need somebody to, 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 to keep moving these projects uh, full-time. Jeff literally like dreams about shooting ranges. So like he just breathe, dreams about it, breathes it, everything. So I think that support would certainly be helpful. <laughs> and talking about funding again, it, it's pretty minimal cost to for a family to come in and go shooting. And that is thankful, you know, that's to the part of our funding sources, um, our sponsors, our donors, and the federal funding that allows us to be able to charge a minimal fee for for everyone to come in and shoot on these ranges. And, and you're exactly right. We try to keep our costs uh, at, a, at a minimum. Certainly there are costs, to, like I said before, the major cost of a range is the, is the maintenance, the upkeep. And so, uh, you know, that, that uh, it takes a lot of effort for the state fish and wildlife agency to manage. And so there are fees at most of these ranges, not all, many of these ranges you can shoot outdoors for, un, they're unmanned, unstaffed, and you can shoot out there for free. Many of them require a a park sticker to get your vehicle in and those kind of things, but the range itself is free even. So some of those, yeah, just incredible opportunities, but many of these are also either staffed or have fees and they're, they're minimal, but they're designed to make sure that we can keep that range uh, operating in tip top condition, safe condition for many, many years to come. You know, when we build a facility, you know, we have to have a lot of vision and think in terms of your grandkids' kids uh, so that that facility is there for many, many years to come and how it fits into a community and what role it plays into the community. And so uh, we want those facilities uh, to be managed in, in a manner that you'd be proud of to come out and shoot. And we hope that you feel our pride as well when you come out to your facilities that we manage for you across the state of Nebraska uh, in your shooting sports endeavors. Our listeners, whether they're shooting archery or firearms or, or haven't shot either one of them before, you know, and, and they may be youth or adults, are there age restrictions on these ranges? You know, as, as an adult, I, mom, I may want to bring my kids and I want to have my child shoot as well. Is there age restrictions at all? For our staff ranges and our heritage parks, is for, uh, certainly there are age restrictions. Uh, generally speaking, we're letting uh, youth down to age six shoot archery, uh, and youth as, long, as young as age eight bring out onto the uh, uh, other shooting ranges uh, under the supervision of our trained instructors. And of course, our trained instructors go through national training programs. Some of the leading uh, training programs are the NRA certification programs. They're kind of the lead in the, in the nation. 
Yeah, and uh, so our, our instructors are trained. Uh, they, they too have a passion for it. We don't get anybody at, at our facilities or park facilities or at the outdoor ed center that don't have a passion for the shooting sports to some degree. And then when we couple that with some training, they become just phenomenal, phenomenal uh, educators for the shooting sports. And so, we, we, you know, that facilitates uh, a lot of programs for those kids and those beginners uh, at those different ages. And in our, any of our programs, Julia, as you know, you'll see kids as young as age six to eight, uh, all the way up to, you know, uh, you know, the sky's the limit for people who want to come and learn. And of course, some of our growing programs, we learned a lot from the programs that helped start a lot of our education efforts. And as you mentioned earlier, some of those programs that helped start these efforts for us, like the Becoming an Outdoors Woman program. And that taught us how to set up makeshift ranges and teach shooting sports many, many years ago. And we've been using the things we've learned from that. They've, those have bled into the programs we now have uh, and help those programs evolve. And so they've made us better instructors, uh, more targeted with our approach and our programs. And, but we're still, we're still targeting family groups, youth, but also like we've done for many, many years through like BOW, we're targeting adults uh, and a, adult women to learn the shooting sports. It's amazing. You know, the growth in uh, firearms uh, purchases, the largest portion of that growth has been in the self-defense uh, sector, but that gives us an entire new market of opportunity now because so many millions of people have bought a handgun for the first time. Our goal is to get them out to our facilities and some of our programs now, learn how to use that firearm, and then introduce them into some of the various leagues, tournaments, other shooting sports opportunities that might might help them evolve as a shooter. And so we're really excited about those, those programs. We're excited about the different groups, age groups that we have in those programs and, uh, and what we're able to offer uh, our novices, as well as those who are, are some of our more veteran shooters, just looking for facilities to go out and recreate. Hey, I knew, Jeff, you were the best one to put on the microphone about this conversation. Been a very empowering conversation. Uh, I certainly feel like after our listeners hear this um, podcast, this episode, that they are going to want to check out our facilities in, in some way or form, whether they are interested in the firearms, whether they're interested in archery, you know, even if you don't own that equipment, just check out the ranges and see what we have to offer. In fact, we do, we rent out archery equipment that you can try out before you even purchase your own. And, and that's the beauty of these ranges again. So to wrap back up on this, August is the National Shooting Sports Month celebration. That's why we brought Jeff here to have that discussion and the opportunities that we can, that are provided for us statewide. And we're celebrating our Second Amendment to have the opportunity to do so. If you know Jeff, I mean, he could go on and on. And I'm literally going to have to stop hit and, and hit stop. Or this segment may go on for hours. If, if you can hear his voice, he does. He has the passion in his voice. But listeners, I know this is only usually about a 45-minute segment. Jeff, to wrap this up, what more do you, is there anything more that you want to yeah, share with us? About 30 or 40 minutes left. So I'll just, I'll end with this. And that is uh, that, you know, the shooting sports are for, you know, for everybody. And, uh, you know, whether you come out to our facilities or, or any of the other facilities, rod and gun clubs, other, you know, facilities across the state, uh, you know, they're for everybody. And every facility has their niche and what they offer. So go on, check them out. You know, certainly our facilities, yes, we offer uh, rental of equipment and whatnot. So we have everything you need. Just show up with your family and we'll take you from there. Uh, and we'll do so in a safe and educational environment. But uh, whether it's to learn to shoot a handgun, rifle, uh, you know, archery equipment, uh, we've got trained instructors to help you do that. 
shooting sports are empowering. There's no question about it. People walk away. I've never met anybody that didn't walk away going, wow, that was fun. Uh, Cause it is, it's just a ton of fun. So if you've never done it uh, and you're looking for a way to connect with family and friends, uh, it's a, it's an awesome opportunity to do so. And uh, we're just more than happy to help. We've got facilities across the state to do that and facilities for you as you grow in the shooting sports to come back. So uh, we're here to help you. These are your facilities. We manage them for you. Come on out and take advantage of them. Start your adventure because the shooting sports is a lifelong adventure. We mentioned a lot of different ranges across the state and even the Midwest and nationally. And I mean, the head is full. I couldn't keep writing all the notes down. And I, I, I bet our listeners are the same way. I'm going to put links on our show notes and I'm going to put links in our Facebook at She Goes Outdoors. And so that you can find those sources at a quick link and uh, to, to learn more about. And so again, I hope you go out and celebrate National Shooting Sports Month here in August. And however it fits for you and wanting to learn or continue to expand those opportunities. Find more information about our podcast. Uh, give us some ratings on our Facebook page and the app that you are downloading and listening to this podcast. We hope to hear from you. Send us a shout out of more information that you want to learn. Uh, tell us what you're learning and how we can improve it. Thank you again for joining us and we will see you outdoors. Mm-hmm.